This is an ABC podcast. ABC Radio Australia. This is Fresh Off The Field. The sporting spirit of the Pacific. Kia orana and welcome to Fresh Off The Field, the sporting pulse of the Pacific. My name is Bobby McCumba. I'm a proud Pacific Islander of Ikiribas descent. My mother hailed from the islands of Marakei and Abayang. A shout out to all my Ikiribas family back home. Uh, it's good to be back for the second episode of 2024 and I'm excited to have two returning co-hosts with me today. They will be sharing the latest local sp- uh, sports news on the ground and in the islands. My first co-host is the news anchor for Tavuli News in the Solomon Islands, and she also hosted the world coverage for the Pacific Games. It's Lisa Osafello. Hello, Lisa. Yes, hello, Bobby. It's good to be back on the show. Oh, it's good to have you back. And my second co-host is a sports journalist for the Fiji Times in Suva. It's Tale Matera Kula. Bula Tale. Bula Bobby. Bula Lisa. Thank you for having me back. Oh, wonderful again to have you back. Uh, Lisa, we'll start with you. It's been almost two months since the Pacific Games ended in Honiara. Have you seen any of the newly built facilities being used since then? Um, yes, um, it's been two months since the uh, Pacific Games. It's, I feel as if it's, it happened a long time ago, but it's only been two months uh, since we had the Pacific Games here in Honiara. But yes, the, um, some of the facilities have been in very good use. Um, the National Stadium um, will be expecting more um, competitions, especially football um, during this year. So, yep, there's a lot more that is expected to happen with all the new facilities um, that we're very fortunate to have um, all throughout this year. That's awesome to hear. And Tale, you were working at the Pacific Games as part of the ABC's International Development Program. What was one of your highlights of the Games? Oh, well, man, the experience itself was, was a highlight. And I think what stood out for me was um, uh, the actual opening ceremony with the, uh, just seeing how um, Melanesians, um, you know, stood together to cheer for the respective nations. Uh, it was just wonderful to be part of it and to witness, um, you know, the Solomon Islands host the Pacific Games for the first time. So that, that was really a highlight for me. And, of course, getting to know the people. Uh, apart from the weather, which I struggled with. But, <laughs> yeah, everything was – it was a great experience. I have to agree with you, Tale, uh, not only about the weather, but getting to meet people. So I, I was actually able to meet both of you over there, which was lovely since we've been working together last year. But it was great to meet uh, about six of my co-hosts for Fresh Off the Field, which was awesome. Uh, and speaking of uh, ceremony, so I wasn't there for the opening ceremony. I was there for the closing ceremony. And a highlight for me was seeing the Kiribati team – walking past and I had a flag in the front row. I was like a child screaming, go kitty bus. It was so much fun. Anyway, great job there by uh, the Solomon Islands for the Pacific Games. Uh, now coming up on the show. They've lost us one, Samoa. Pour me another drink, Las Vegas. It's a party for Samoa. Alamanda Matunga and his whole team come through. Get the camera out, ladies and gentlemen. Insta-famous. 
Alamanda Matunga will join me to chat about his upcoming season with the Moana Pacifica team in this year's Super Rugby Pacific. Looking forward to that. Lisa and Talay will cover sports in both the Solomons and Fiji and have caught up with some locals in sport as well. Plus, we've got loads more, so make sure you stick around. ABC Radio Australia. Pacific Sports. Uh, Each week, my co-hosts and I will report on sports from across the Pacific. We will analyse and detail all of the best bits in sport. But before we get to that, let's have some fun. Coconut Wireless. Yes, the Coconut Wireless is where we discuss sports gossip in your country. Who's switching footy codes? What rumours come out over a bucket of kava? Have you seen any famous rugby stars holidaying on your island? Now, it's not fact. It can't be backed up. But these are rumours happening around sport in your country. Lisa from the Solomons, tell me, what have you heard on the Coconut Wireless lately? Okay, so the, now the you know the year has just started. There's not so much going on um, just as yet, but um, one of the rumors that we've heard going after the Pacific Games during the end of the year was, you know, we had Chenley Winnie, our Golden Iron Lady weightlifter. She was the first uh, gold medalist for the 17th Pacific Games. Um, she was lifting in the 55-kilogram uh, category. Um, rumours have it um, that this can't be backed up, but she won't be um, participating at the uh, Olympics this year. As um, she was, she, she used to lift the 58-kilogram category, um, but then she decided to drop her weight to and start lifting it in the 55 kilogram category, um, as there's rumors that she didn't lift her original weight of the 58 kilogram category because she knew that if she did that, um, she wouldn't be in a, a good position to win gold um, here in the Solomon Islands in front of the home crowd during the Pacific Games. So. Um, that category was not a qualifying category during the games. Um, so at this point in time, she's trying to, um, or she's she's still in training now, and hopefully she will be able to attend a qualifying event um, in order for her uh, to participate at the uh, Paris Olympics uh, this year. So um, there were rumours that she didn't lift her not weight because they she knew that that category was very difficult to be competing with a lot of other countries such as New Zealand um, and Australia here during the Pacific Games. Um, so she stuck to her 55 kilogram weight. That wasn't a qualifying category. Now she's um, trying to get to qualify for the Olympics. But we really do hope that she does and represent Solomon Island um, in the Olympics this year. Now, I did read an article saying that Jenny Winnie wasn't able to make it to the Olympics for financial reasons. Is that still a case or is, is, has that all been sorted out now? If she does qualify, she will, she will be able to go. Um, that is still the case. Um, I've briefly spoken to her and just, uh, just checked check in with her next travel uh, to her event. Um, which she hasn't confirmed, um, but she said that um, the finances um, of her 
getting to the qualifying event is, is still an issue at this point in time. And um, she will confirm if she will be traveling um, soon. So at this point in time, I really can't back mm. up the um, her confirmation of whether she will be able to make it or not. But yes, indeed, I think the finances is also a contributing factor to that. Right. Well, hopefully she can get all of that uh, sorted. Of course, we'd love to see her at the Paris uh, Olympic Games. Uh, What else have you heard on the Coconut Wireless, Lisa? Um, Also on the Coconut Wireless, you know, how Solomon Islands, we are also very fortunate to have the High Performance Centre for our elite athletes. I'm not sure if Tale or you managed to um, have a look at the High Performance Centre that we we have just established here in Honiara. But um, after the Pacific Games, um, there's a lot of um, uncertainty about a lot of the staff, um, some of the really good staff that we might be losing, um, some of the really good staff and trainers that have been working with Sinner since its very opening. So um, there's a lot of talk going on about that that um, probably the quality of um, the staff that will be looking after the High Performance Centre will not be as what it was um, prior to the Pacific Games. So that's kind of like a bummer, Mm. our High Performance Centre. Yeah, I imagine they would have ramped it up like many things leading into the Pacific Games and making sure everyone has the best quality high performance. Hopefully they can still maintain, uh, you know, a fairly decent level that uh, can cater for all the athletes in Honiara in the Solomon Islands area as well. Uh, thank you, Lisa. Uh, Talay, what have you heard on the Coconut Wireless in Fiji? Well, there's a lot of things happening even before the season has started. And uh, <clears throat> I think... What made the headlines early this year was uh, the Fiji 7 saga between uh, um, Olympia and Jerry Tuwai and uh, the current Fiji 7's head coach, Ben Gollings. Now, recently, both uh, have come forward. Uh, it was actually through a statement uh, saying that there is no disagreement between the two. But I hear there was a fallout. I hear uh, one uh, one of the two walked out during um, a seventh camp. And I also heard that uh, they had an issue between uh, one of the, the SNC trainers um, who was involved with the team. Now, he's not with the team anymore, but uh, yeah, rumors have it that... Uh, the issue that's separated or that's the main issue here was um, the trainer that caused the disagreement between um, Tuwai and Collins. So that's that's the first one. Right, yeah. And, I mean, when you've got such a successful sporting team on the field, the Fiji Rugby Sevens, I mean, you know, you really want your staff, whether it be coaches or strength and conditioning coaches, uh, to be able to get along and, and make it work. So hopefully they can sort that out because, as we know, the players are certainly doing their job on the field. Uh, what else have you heard on the Coconut Wireless Tele? Well, <laughs> what I heard around the cover bowl is that Fiji will host, um, I mean, is likely to host the test against the All Blacks. So uh, I'm not sure if that's true, but if it is, it's going to be massive. Oh, <laughs> and, yeah. yeah. I can't wait. <laughs> oh, so I know it's not confirmed and this is just a rumour, but when around about will this be happening if it is true? It will be during the July test. Ah, all right. Well, I tell you, we have been very fortunate with the uh, information that we're getting from our co-hosts on the ground in the islands. It's an inside scoop to what's happening in sport in your country. So if that does come around, Tale, you were the first one to let people know about it here on Fresh Off the Field. Thanks for the gossip, Lisa and Tale. That was...
Coconuts Wireless. All right, it is time to find out what's happening in sport across all of our islands. Uh, Lisa, what sports have grabbed your attention in the Solomon Islands at the moment? Um, at the moment, now, the Solomon Islands, we've got a really, really busy year for football. Um, altogether, Solomon Islands will be hosting around 17 competitions. That's both local and uh, the regional uh, competitions. So at the moment now, uh, we're pretty much gearing up for the Women's Champions League, um, which will be happening in March. Uh, and also we've got the Men's Football Four Nations um, also happening. So um, that's the two of the events which um, we are looking forward to currently um, locally here in the country. Also, at the moment now, uh, Solomon Islands is also hosting um, the Taekwondo, um, a Taekwondo camp. Uh, that's the Taekwondo uh, training camp. It's a qualifying training camp. Five countries are currently now here in the country for that Taekwondo qualifying training camp. Um, Fiji, Papua New Guinea, Tonga, and Kiribati. There is around 36 participants who are currently now on a uh, training camp here um, at the Aquatic Centre. That's where they're holding the uh, training camp. They're staying at one of the new um, dormitories at the um, National University, which was also used by some of the athletes during the Pacific Games. Um, so this training camp is a gear up towards um, their qualifying events which will be happening sometimes in April. So this is a two-week camp, which is currently happening now for Taekwondo. Um, yeah, with five countries, 36 participants, and they are all um, in this training camp eyeing their qualifying um, events in April for the Paris Olympics. Once again, wonderful to hear that the facilities are continuing to be used by uh, not only Solomon Islanders, but also uh, neighbouring countries that are coming in uh, for those sort of events as well. Uh, what else uh, is happening in sport in the Solomons, Lisa? Um, in sports now, we've got our um, women's um, national team who are just about to scoot off to Samoa, also for the uh, um, Olympic qualifiers. Um, so a final squad list has just been released yesterday uh, for the travelling uh, women's national football team. Um, their performance um, during the games was not as what was expected um, from the home crowd during the games, but um, we hope that this trip to Samoa uh, we will see um, a better outcome for them. So um, in terms of uh, local sports, um, those are some of the main um preparations that have been um, hitting the uh, news and has been very much talked about. Uh, who did you have a chance to catch up with this week, Lisa? I found a chance to talk to one of our Solomon Islands female referees who has just recently earned herself a FIFA badge. And Sharma, what's it like to be a female referee, especially in a country like Solomon Islands, which loves our soccer? Me, like being a female referee in Solomon, it's like, it's a big thing for me, like it's really big achievement for me and it's like for female in Solomon, it's really hard, like you have to come across like it's not easy to being a female referee because especially like in Solomon, especially in cultures thing and then for me it's like it's really hard but for me now I can feel like 
it's quite different like for me it's big it's a big thing for me to achieve this uh, as a female first female referee to achieve the fever buds it's really big thing for me yeah and um what has been one very big challenge for you um in your journey as as a referee what has been one of the really big challenges to get here to where you are now um, challenges i faced when during my referee careers i faced challenges like being a female referee my challenges is like uh when you facing men's like sometimes men's they didn't think that i cannot do things like men do it so some challenges i face it but i always put things at my bike i don't think too much like negative things i just put it on my bike and i get the positive things and i move forward and um you know overcoming some of these challenges and cultural barriers to being a, a female referee um it's male dominated how did you overcome like being a female referee some of the decisions that you make um, how do you overcome those kind of challenges uh, during my matches when I, it comes to a men's game uh, it feels like sometimes I overcome because I know that this is this is what I'm doing I'm doing the right thing okay this like decision making sometimes men don't think that hey you're not doing the right but I know what I'm doing sometimes they just want to get over me maybe they think because I'm a lady I can't do I can't do the right decision maybe something like that but for me I was just overcome and give my decision and go and go um, also like now you you have um, your FIFA badge what's what's next in 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 your career in refereeing what does this mean for you like ref uh, doing um, refing officiating games locally what does this mean for you personally uh, for me, uh, I want to be like go more further. I want to achieve. I want to be like officiating in the World Cups. That's what I want as a referee, and I need to work hard. And I'm looking forward to officiate in more matches in FIFA tournaments. Okay, just I think um, uh, I think it's a dream to to be refereeing at a World Cup, but just. Um, in the Pacific, what do you think about, you know, the level of football, uh, women's football, like in general in the Pacific? You have um, the exposure, the experience, you've been to like many countries in the Pacific. How, um, how do you see the development of women, women's football? Uh, for me, in women's uh, football in Pacific, yeah, for me, uh, it, it quite, uh, sometimes I see their challenges and also they are playing well but for me i feel like when i'm officiating women's football in the pacific it's like for me it's quite not that it's not that tough for me because i always officiate men's game so when i go to women's games it's more like it's easier for me to uh, to officiate uh, have you seen like over the years you've been been a referee for quite some time now um, each year as you go out um, to tournaments around the Pacific has the level of football gone up or um, what's the level of development in football over the past probably couple of years 
uh, for me uh, I think we need more like we need more yeah we need more develop more yeah and what would you like to say to other aspiring women who may be interested in doing um, referee what is like the highlights of being a, 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 a female referee what's the, a really good thing about it uh, just to tell my aspiring referees the young ones uh, please don't give up on your dream or what you can do believe in yourself that you can be the best that you can be and never give up keep working harder and stop uh, keep working harder and fight for your dreams and you will be get there one day Shama my my congratulations and thank you very much thank you Oh, wonderful to hear from Shama Mai Mai, uh, another referee in the Pacific for FIFA. As we know, of course, one of our co-hosts on the show, Finau Wooly Wooly, was the first female referee in Fiji to referee in a FIFA World Cup. So good to see that we've got more female referees coming through. Thank you very much for that, Lisa. Uh, Talay, what is happening in sport uh, in Fiji at the moment? Well, there's a lot that's about to happen, but um, last weekend we had the Coral Coast Sevens, uh, which brought in a lot of big names. We had uh, Sogod Usser, Gordon Pigeons, we had Dan Norton, we had uh, USA Sevens coach Mike Friday, we had Waisele Serevi. They were all uh, at the tournament uh, helping out either in uh, commentary or coaching. So it was it was just a good experience to... You know, to have our grassroots players, our village teams play in front of some big names and, you know, potentially um, getting scouted to play overseas. And apart from that, we have uh, a provincial rugby coming up. We also have uh, a football calendar that has, that. I mean, we have a lot of competitions locally and 11 international football matches uh, to be played this year. So, yeah, there's there's a lot. Um, happening in Fiji and we've just recently opened a newly refurbished uh, aquatic center for swimming so as swimmers you finally get uh, to train in an ideal facility and of course our hockey turf uh, newly refurbished uh, good for development Uh, high school players can finally play uh, on a pitch that's ideal for hockey players. And speaking of hockey, we have our, our national hockey teams over in Oman for the uh, Hockey Fives World Cup. And our women's team actually won their first ever uh, match uh, in Oman. This uh, I think it was yesterday they defeated the host nation 3-2. So that's, that's yeah. uh, quite historic. That's incredible. Lots happening, uh, not only in Fiji, but uh, across the world as well. Uh, But speaking of Fiji, you mentioned there's a lot of football happening in there at the moment. With a lot of rain, how are the fields, how are the rugby fields looking at the moment? Well, the uh, football season will start uh, this Sunday with uh, champion versus champion. So (laughs) with the rain, um, um, our the governing body, not really the governing body, the parent body, Fiji Football, uh, they stated that they will continue to monitor. So if the grounds are not in playable condition, then they might have uh, to shift the date a bit. But yeah, we're, we're all just waiting for the weekend and to see what the weather is like. But the forecast says it's going to rain. So we'll just keep our fingers crossed for that. Yeah, wonderful. Uh, is there any other sport happening in Fiji or around the world with some Fijians that's uh, caught your eye, Talay? Um. Well, when it comes to overseas matches, we're, we're pretty much just waiting for, for the season to happen. It's just mm-hmm. the hockey teams is in overseas and 
and uh, yeah, just Super Rugby and all the other stuff that our teams are preparing for. Yeah, and that will all be coming up very soon. The Super Rugby just one month away. Uh, Talay, who did you have a chance to catch up with this week? Well, Bobby, I spoke to Shane Hussein, the head of commercial and marketing uh, for the Fijian Drua, which is our uh, franchise in the Super Rugby Pacific. And we have seven home matches uh, in the 2024 season. And Shane uh, spoke about uh, the preparations and all the work that they are doing to you know, have a, another successful season at home. It's a massive, massive logistical operation to get a Super Rugby match going. The infrastructure required is huge. You know, even things like setting up the LEDs on the sidelines, um, getting the pitch to the standards it needs, um, making sure that there's lights that work for, it for a night game, lights that are appropriate for broadcast because the broadcasters pay for the competition really, um, at least Super Rugby Pacific in the way that it currently is. All of that requires a lot of a lot of work, and in the six months for us in season is unrelenting. Like we work every single day, uh, and Elena McDonald, who leads our operations, um, is fantastic at that, um, and she's working very very hard to also make sure that facilities are ready. I will say that the Little City Council uh, is a pleasure to work with, and the Fiji Sports Council, you know, is also cooperative. We want to obviously keep working um, closely with the, with the with the venue providers. And traffic was really bad mm-hmm. last season, especially yes. with the home games, but that's uh-huh. something that we can't control. Well, <laughs> I wish I could. I wish I could. Um, traffic's bad. I mean, isn't traffic bad every day? Suva's no sorry anyway, on a normal day? I'm, yeah, it is. I'm, I'm joking. <laughs> um, I mean, the answer to that is it's, uh, the earlier people get to the stadium, um, it's the, the easier the traffic situation is, the easier you find a parking. That's if you're coming by car. But um, half of our audience, our fans, come by bus. So it's, it's, it's hard the one to plan their day, and we're not going to tell anyone to come at a certain time. But coming in early gets you into the stadium early. You, you beat the queues. We're going to do something very exciting this season. Our entertainment and pre-game show sort of uh, series of activities actually starts an hour before kickoff. So it's a lot. There's a lot of incentive for people to come on early, and and get their place. If they're sitting on the grass embankment, you know, you get your set your place in the middle, which is the best view, um, nice and early. You know, get put your uh, put your mat down, and off and off you go. Enjoy the show. The music comes on, and then you know, 40 minutes before kickoff, the players start warming out, running out to warm up. You can you know you get enjoy the match experience from so far out. So we're trying to get people. Um, to say if you want to miss the traffic avoid the queues come in early obviously if you can't you can't mm-hmm. uh, coming in early also if you are driving to the venues gets you parking closer to where you want to park and of course you have uh, uh, separate incentives for the kids the children that will be there yes well look there's a firstly there's a we have kids price prices interestingly enough is our games are predominantly adults predominantly we were a bit surprised we thought there'd be a lot more kids coming and I do wonder what that, why that is um, but you know adults in Fiji will see a Drua game as a chance to relax and unwind as you know they can enjoy a drink or enjoy kava enjoy food while watching their favorite team take on the best players in the world you know beating the Crusaders is a memory that I, I know I will hold on I know you were there yeah. you'll hold on to it and, and the people who were there the game tell us that there's something they'll never forget um, and those who didn't make it to the Crusaders game 
say, oh, I, I wish, I wish I decided to go to the game against the Crusaders to, to witness history when we win. So, you know, different people have obviously different objectives and different um, demands on their time. Um, you know, and if they want, you know, if you, what all we want to say is, kids are more, kids are welcome. There's kids pricing for different categories um, uh, of ticketing. Uh, please bring your kids along and enjoy. We're gonna have a kids round this season. We are going to host a kids round. There is um, um, so every time Super Rugby has some what they call team rounds. So last year we got to host the culture round. You know, we walked out. Uh, and ran out against the Blues mm. in our very nice cultural jersey. Uh, that was a big hit. Um, we were very, very uh, happy with how people reacted to that and, and took that on board. Like they really appreciated that. And the kids round uh, is early in the season. It's against the Waratahs actually. Mm. When we take take on the Waratahs on the 23rd of March. So we'll have some fun activities. We'll do some fun um, fun things around it. You'll see kids represented quite a bit in our marketing activities at that time. Uh, for the for those games, it's uh, it might actually be the Hurricanes game. Sorry, don't. I will go back and figure it out. Um, <laughs> let me just let me just yell out. Is the Hurricanes <laughs> or the Waratahs? Waratahs. Okay, it's the Waratahs. You had the voice of an angel. Um, <laughs> Hurricanes the are Friday night. The, the Hurricanes game is a Friday night game. It's the first time we're gonna host. The draw will get to host a night game in Fiji mm. on a, some on a day other than a Saturday. So it's an after work thing. Uh, come on down. Um, um, enjoy the game, and you know if you if you have kids, great. If you want to leave them at home, great. Totally up to you. Do what you want. But it's 7 p.m. or 7:35 p.m. kickoff. Um, you know it's Bula Friday on on Fridays anyway. Where you Bula, come onto the ground. We'll give you some pri- give some prizes to the best dressed. Oh, Friday night football. You love to hear it. Uh, do you think that'll bring a lot of people out to the game, Tale? Well, hopefully, but it would. Super rugby matches um, only, you know, we've only had, had home games for a couple of years now and it's, there's always, you know, huge number of people turning up. So whether it's Bull of Friday or not, people will be there to watch uh, their favourite team uh, play at home. Yeah, wonderful. I guess with the night games, you'd hope that it's a little bit cooler uh, during those games and hopefully the rain can hold off so people can come down and enjoy that game. But they can enjoy many home games this year, which is really exciting. So uh, thanks very much for those interviews and the insight into sport in your countries, uh, Lisa and Talay. Uh, let's go now to sport across the Pacific. Lisa, uh, tell us about some weightlifting championships that are happening. Um, okay. Um, Oceania Weightlifting, which is happening in Auckland in New Zealand, um, Solomon Islands is to send around seven of our weightlifters uh, to be uh, attending this championship, uh, which is in the senior, junior, and youth category. But uh, in that point in time, um, they are planning to send seven, but that in- depends entirely on the finances. That um, should um, Seven can't make it, they will have to cut down on the number of athletes that will be traveling for that event, which is happening next month. That's on the 21st, I think 21st or the 25th of February. So, weightlifting um, has been doing very well for us here in over the past couple of years. So, when now everybody's like looking forward um, to having our athletes, especially on the um, a regional level as this one, the Oceania Weightlifting Championship. 
Yeah, I guess it's a great thing that we're getting many more competitions happening and more opportunities, but finances is another thing to be able to afford or have the funding to be able to attend those events as well. So fingers crossed uh, the funding is available so you can get all of those seven weightlifters there for that. Uh, Speaking of weightlifters, Talay, someone is hoping to qualify for the Olympics. Yes, that is Daniela Renimboni, Fiji's uh, top weightlifter at the, the moment. He won three gold medals at the Pacific Games last year in the Solomon Islands, and he actually uh, broke a 70-year drought in uh, the Grand Prix in December that was held in Qatar. Uh, he got a medal from there, and it, he was the first uh, male, Fijian male, to do so after 70 long years. So this is um, a really good chance for him to book his place um, in the Olympics because weightlifting Fiji is really betting for him um, uh, to, to get a spot to qualify and married uh, to Paris. And if he if he if he fails to qualify in Auckland, then he has uh, another chance in Thailand uh, later on in March. So yeah, all the best to Taniela. Yeah, definitely. First time in 70 years. A lot of weight on their shoulders there. Uh, No pun intended. Um, So some more news around. Uh, Four Nii Vanuatu para-athletes are in Australia at the moment for the International Paralympics Committee classification. So the four uh, para-athletes are Elsie Wapwap, John Siaka, Betty Nampu and Nase Sanga, who will all meet the judges for their specific events at the Canberra Institute of Sports. So after that, they will be travelling up to Griffith University in the Gold Coast. Uh, So it's wonderful to see. I'm just seeing so many more of these stories in local newspapers across the Pacific uh, where there are para-athletes more competing at the Pacific Games and throughout the year, just having the opportunity to compete against the world's best. Uh, I love to see it and and I want to speak about it and let people know about it because uh, they should have the opportunity uh, making sport accessible for everyone. You do love to see it. So that's wonderful news there for those Nivan para-athletes. Talay, we've spoken a bit about Super Rugby Pacific. Uh, Can you give us an update on what's happening with the Fijian teams? So a Fijian draw uh, have started with uh, pre-season training. Uh, I think they're into the fourth, fifth week or third week now into training. Uh, They have have just recently uh, moved to their new training field so they don't have to travel for for hours uh, to find a ground to train in. They have their own uh, specified ground now, specialized ground now for them to train in. And uh, we know the season starts in February, and they play on the 24th against the Blues. So, you know, message for is that the boys are ready, they're raring to go. And we are just hoping for another uh, final appearance or maybe go past that uh, this season. Yeah, hopefully another successful season for the men's Drua team. Uh, Talay, the Super W season is coming up as well. What can you tell me about that competition? Well, just like Super Rugby Pacific, Super W is quite huge in Fiji, especially with our Fijian Draw women's team being uh, defending champions for two seasons in a row now. And, you know, the pressure is definitely on them to make it a three-pit. But, you know, expectations are there, but uh, the team knows the reality on the ground. They have a new coach uh, coming in, uh, Moses Roluni, a former Flying Fijians, and he was actually with the Reds last year as one of the coaches. So he's jumped over to his homeland, and uh, he will be leading uh, a Fijian women, Fijian draw women uh, to this new season. They've they've come under Counter-Rock, which uh, owns the Fijian draw franchise, so they're all um, so they will be sharing facilities, training facilities with the Fijian Drua 
um, the men's team. So that that's major for them. And the first game is actually uh, a rematch of the final. It's against the Reds on the 17th of March. So that's that's going to be a huge one and an, an explosive start uh, to the 2024 Super W season as well. It's incredible, isn't it, that the uh, the women's team, the Drua, uh, you know, came out and they won it one year and they backed it up. There were some issues off the field and with the organisations, but to back it up and be the strongest women's team in the women's Super W, uh, it, it, it's incredible. How do you think they're feeling leading into this season? Are they confident? Are they feeling like everyone's going to be going for them now? Well, there's definitely a target on their back, you know, as defending champions and some of the more experienced players have moved on, like uh, former captain Bitila Tawake, he's now with, uh, uh, I think, the Chiefs women's team uh, playing in uh, the New Zealand uh, competition. So there's there's a lot of new crop of talents that are joining in this season. Uh, so again, uh, foundation, just they'll start from the ground up. And, you know, like I said, expectations are high. But, uh, you know, the players and the coaches have their work cut out for them. They're a target in Super W. But, uh, you know, as Fijians, we'll find a way. And <laughs> hopefully <laughs> hopefully we get a three-peat. Oh, a three-peat would be insane. And you're right, they are a target and you're always a target when you are the best. So good luck to the Fijiana Drua as well uh, during the Super W, which is coming up very soon. Now, speaking of Super Rugby, we will be having more games, as you said, Talay, in Fiji, which is great having those games in the Pacific. But Tonga will be hosting a game. Now, they don't have a Super Rugby team, uh, but there are, as we know, many Tongans that are playing in these competitions. So on the 4th of May in 2020, uh, this year, Moana Pacifica will be taking on the Highlanders and that's going to be happening in Tonga. Uh, Lisa, what does it mean to have these big competitions in Australia and New Zealand come and play their, their round games in Pacific Islands like Tonga? I think this you know, the new trend that these really big matches um, is being now played in the smaller um, island countries. That's a, that's an awesome thing as you get to see, you know, the crowd and locals get to see a lot of these big names and, you know, the sport really, really comes alive when they bring it to the other Pacific island countries. So I think it's a, that's, that's a great thing and hoping to see more of that to other smaller uh, Pacific island countries as well. Yeah, it's, it's going to be great, you know, not only for the locals, but I think for the kids to see these uh, top-tier competitions and players, international players are going to be coming and playing in front of them. That's going to be quite the exciting uh, experience for them. Uh, Tale, you, as you've mentioned, there will be a lot of games, uh, a lot more games happening in Fiji. But, you know, how important is it, do you think, having these games in places like Tonga who haven't hosted a Super Rugby game before? I, I think, you know, that's that's... That is such a major thing. Um, it's historic, you know, for Tonga. Um, you know, kids get to watch, you know, their idols come to play at their homeland. Uh, aspiring rugby players, you know, get that certain ounce of inspiration just by watching the games. And, you know, the, just the economic benefits um, that comes with a super rugby match, uh, you know, the upgrading in facilities, um, the road structures, the road conditions, and, you know, it brings in a lot of improvements as well. And, 
you know, of the Pacific Nations in, in Samoa, Tonga, and Fiji, we've been we've been pushing to be part of, of Super Rugby for a long time, and we we got through through Moana Pacifica and the Fijian Drawers. So you know, it's it's only right to have a few matches over in the islands because really it fosters development as well in terms of of the grassroots level and you know creating a pathway and just knowing you know that there's a future um, for the sport you know, in terms in the islands, you know, for our players uh, at the grassroots level. You have made some brilliant points there. You know, it's great for locals to see the games and the pathways and grassroots, but the economy, I mean, that is huge. Bringing these big games in is going to be a a huge boost to the economies uh, in places like Tonga as well. So, uh, as always, it's nice to hear about sport happening across our islands. Uh, Thank you, Lisa and Tali. ABC Radio Australia. You're listening to Fresh Off The Field. Uniting the Pacific through the universal language of sports. Alamanda Mutonga is a loose forward playing in his third season for Moana Pacifica in the Super Rugby Pacific. Uh, he also plays for the Manu Samoa and the Samoa Sevens, known as the Munda Train to his teammates. I started by asking him how the nickname came about. Oh, yeah. So, it, was, it was a... Uh, back in high school, when I when I that's where I first uh, started uh, playing uh, rugby through the grades and uh, yeah, just the boys. I think I I score a few tries and then they I, I see, they see me breaking the line and uh, and I run like a like like a freight freight train and then, yeah they've just been calling me the Monday train. <laughs> I love that. Uh, so you say you played rugby in high school, but how did you first get involved in rugby? Uh, we, uh, I grew up in the islands, uh, in Samoa, watching uh, my my dad and his brothers playing uh, village rugby, and then uh, we we moved to Samoa, I mean to New Zealand, and uh, I think I was ten to eleven years old, and I I didn't really start until I get to got to high school, and that's where I started picking up uh, playing rugby through the high school years. You said you grew up um, watching, was it your dad play in other family? Does everyone just play rugby in your family when you're living in Samoa? Yeah, oh, it's, it's just my dad and, uh, yeah, and his brothers. And, and uh, my, my, we got, we're a big rugby, rugby family. We, we support the uh, national uh, rugby sevens team. Uh-huh. And, um, yeah, growing up as a little kid, uh, my, my grandpa would always take me to, uh, to watch the games live. Even going to neighbours because we didn't have TV to watch the games <sighs> when we were little. <laughs> I love yeah. that. Uh, let's fast forward now to where you're playing at the moment. So you've got a new coach this year, Tana Umanga. Uh, how different has the approach been uh, as a coach? Uh, Tana, yeah, I've, I've done some work with Tana before. Um, I was under him in the first uh Pacifica team that played the uh, Maori All Blacks in 2020, and he was uh, he was our coach, and um, I was the only player from that team that uh, that was still around till till now, and um, I think the he's a good coach. He's uh, really uh, about being professional, about having fun as well, <laughs> being being uh, unapologetically Pacific Islander. Does it help when a coach comes to your club that you've been coached under before? Yeah. Um, I've had a few experiences with other coaches before, but with, with Tana, he's, he's uh, really more about the, the players and uh, 
the connection that we build off the field and and that um, yeah, we continue to work hard and, and put up good performances. You mentioned that he, you know, is unapologetically Pacifica and, you know, promotes that. How do you think Moana Pacifica and the coach's new approach helps you to connect with your Pacific culture more? Yes. Uh, so we've got a good culture group uh, going around and and it's just a, it's a different environment because uh, there's a Tonga, Samoa and other Pacific Cup uh, boys as well in the team. Mm. We've got a good mix and we we just stick to our values that we live off uh, with uh, Lotu, with, with uh, like uh, uh, pieces and singing <laughs> and all the dancing and yeah. I love that. So is all this singing and dancing, is that happening? Well, I mean, I'm assuming it's off the field, uh, but is it at training sessions or is it just social events that you're continuing to do this this type of thing? Uh, it's, it's pretty much a part of our everyday uh, uh, life. Uh, c- coming into training, we, we start off with, uh, with our lotu or, or, or prayer to, to start off our day. Yeah. And then, yeah, we, we get into singing the pieces and then, we we get one of the boys up to uh, uh, open us up with a prayer, and then yeah, that's that's how we uh, get about our day, uh, and that goes on every day, just building that cultural and uh, connections with the the boys and some of the the new boys that that uh, haven't experienced that before. Um, yeah, it's a really good way to, for them to get connected and closer to their uh, island roots. Speaking of island roots, uh, on the 4th of May, you'll be playing a Super Rugby match in Tonga against the Highlanders. How excited are you and the team about playing in Tonga? Yeah, I've, personally for me, I'm really looking forward to going back uh, to, to going to Tonga. Uh, I haven't been, I haven't, I've never played in Tonga or been to Tonga before. And um, watching, uh, I also didn't, I missed out on the tour that the boys went Went to Samoa last year, mm. and uh, I was really gutted and disappointed I didn't get to go there. But uh, it looked like a really cool experience, and I'm looking forward to uh, to, to going to Tonga. If, uh, yeah, mm. hopefully. Speaking of Samoa, what does it mean to you to be able to represent Samoa on the international stage? Uh, it's it's massive. Um, it's been. Uh, a uh, goal of mine growing up as a little kid watching uh, the national team our national team and I've I've, I've always loved uh, the the game and and uh, now now living and be able to living it uh, just yeah, a dream come true mm. for me <laughs> Now, bringing you back to Super Rugby, uh, 2023 was a tough season for Moana Pacifica. What are you looking forward to in the 2024 season? Yeah, it was it was a tough year last year. But um, this year we we got a really new new group. We got a lot of changes in the team. We got some new boys, a good mix. A lot of them are young and um, exciting as well. But we also got some experienced boys from uh, the likes of uh, Julian and Sione. Having them as well is really valuable for us. But going looking forward to ahead to the season. We can't wait to get started. We've been uh, working hard, really, really hard off, on the off season, and uh, yeah, we, we we're excited, and uh, hopefully can build on uh, some some momentum at the the first few games, 
and our goal is to um, get a top eight position uh, for, for this year. Top eight would be fantastic. Uh, speaking of culture and Moana Pacifica really embracing the island culture, family is a big thing. How many family members of the players are at the games when you're playing at home? Oh, <laughs> I, I expect a few more families from the boys here, but uh, we we got a we got some uh, some boys that um they they from uh, Australia and. Uh, yeah, there's a few more boys from Australia and uh, all over the place, but yeah, we we just uh, really want everyone to uh, come down and uh, support us. It will we'll be good. Yeah, well, no doubt they will, and hopefully this year Moana Pacifica can have a top eight finish, and who knows from there. Uh, thank you so much for your time today, Alamanda, also known as the Munda Train, uh, and good luck with the upcoming Super Rugby season. No worries, and uh, thank you for for having me. That was Alamanda Mutonga from Moana Pacifica in the Super Rugby. Looking forward to seeing if the Pacifica can improve on last year's performance. All right. Uh, Before we finish up, it's time to get to know my co-hosts and I just a little bit more. It's time for our next segment. Giamanstapwe is Tokpisan for Pick the Lie. Each co-host will tell us three things about themselves. Two will be true and one will be a lie. The other two co-hosts will try to Giamanstapwe. Lisa, we're going to start with you. Three things about yourself. Two true, one lie. Tale, we will see if we can get it. Off you go, Lisa. Okay. Which one is the lie? My birthday is on Valentine's Day. I own three cats. And the third one is one of my greatest fears is lightning and thunder. All right. Okay. So your birthday is on Valentine's Day. You own three cats and one of your biggest fears is lightning and thunder. You would not have liked uh, last night or the night before here in Adelaide. There was lots of thunder and lightning. Uh, Talay, what do you think the lie is? Valentine's Day birthday, three cats, fear of thunder and lightning. <laughs> this is the this is the hardest part about this. <laughs> but, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'll say the lie is the three cats. Three cats. You know, I have been following the co-host with all of my answers in previous weeks, and it's not done very well for me. So I'm going to say <laughs> a fear of lightning and thunder. All right, Lisa, what is the lie? Uh, Talay is right. Oh, damn it! <laughs> so the one time I should have followed, uh, congratulations, Talay. That is one point to you, zero to me. Not that this is a competition. This is just a bit of fun and a way to get to know each other. Um, all right, Talay, it's your turn. So three things about yourself, please. Two will be true, one will be a lie. Here we go. All right. I was a Keisha at a cinema before I became a sports journalist. I love taking part in uh, water spots and I love pineapples. All right. Uh, I love pineapples too. Uh, so that is one of yours. You love pineapples. Uh, you love water sports. Um, and what was the first one about cinema, sorry? I was a cashier at a cinema before I became a sports journalist. Oh, okay. A cashier at a cinema beforehand. Uh, Lisa, of those three things, what do you think is a lie? A cashier at a cinema, uh, she loves water sports and she loves pineapple. What's the lie? Oh, my gosh. 
I know some people who don't like pineapple. Who don't like pineapple? Yes, I, I mean, I do too. Yes. Um, water sports. Water sports, you're locking that in? Yeah. Loves water sports. You think that's a lie? Um, I love pineapple, but maybe you're one of those people that don't. So I'm going to say that's the lie, that you love pineapple. Talay, what's the lie? Lisa actually got me on that one. I cannot swim, so I don't want to take part in any water sport. <laughs> so Lisa got it right. Lisa, once again, if I had have followed my co-host, I would be two from two. But I was like, nah, I'm going to do this myself, and I've ruined it. Okay, well done, you two. Uh, now let's see how you go with me. Here are my three things. Now I will be performing these three things this year. The first one, I'm dancing at the Kiribati Independence Second one, I'm performing a new comedy show. And then the third one, I'm performing in a children's theatre show. Which one is the lie? Uh, Lisa, we'll start with you. Um, I think I'm going to go with the first one. I'm dancing at the Kitty Bus Independence. Do you think that's a lie? Yeah. Okay. Uh, And Talay, what do you think the lie is? This is so hard. Uh, well, not like he does comedy show. You think it's the comedy show? I think comedy show. Okay. Yeah. So I am performing a new comedy show, so I'm sorry, Talay, you are wrong. Uh, I'm also performing in a children's theatre show. So, uh, Lisa, you've got it wrong. I thought you would think that's true, that I'm dancing at the Kitabus Independence, but I haven't danced at an independence for about 30 years since I was a child. So, Lisa, two from two, congratulations. You are the winner of this game that isn't a competitive game. Oh, well done. Uh, That does bring us to the end of our show for this week. A big thank you to my co-host, Lisa Osifalo, news anchor for Tavuli News in the Solomon Islands. Thank you, Lisa. And Tale Matetakula, sports journalist for the Fiji Times. Thank you, Tale. And, of course, a big thank you to our producer, Nelly, for putting the show together. Thanks, Nelly. Uh, thank you for listening to Fresh Off the Field, the sporting pulse of the Pacific on ABC Radio Australia. I'll be back again next week with two new co-hosts from across the Pacific talking all things sport in our region. This episode was produced on the lands of the Gadigal people. This program has been funded by the Department of Foreign Affairs and Trade.